Hello and welcome to the Week 8 Review from 1st and 10 for the NFL season. I'm Ollie, once again joined by Ash. Ash, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, bud. You? Yeah, really good, thanks. Really enjoyed. I mean, I think both of us managed to get to the Wembley game for the Broncos and Jags this week. Uh, I mean, you know, decent game, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty competitive. I thought it was going to be a little bit lopsided with the first quarter because the Jags were so all over Denver, but... They sort of obviously rallied a bit after half time, and um, Jacksonville didn't really turn up much. But yeah, it was um, it was a good day at Wembley. It's a shame that they don't do the tailgate like they used to do it. Um, I, I did have a little bit of a moan to NFL UK and Wembley Stadium because it used to be that you could get there five hours before and meet all the fans and stuff, and now they just try and shoo you in. But it is what it is. At least we're getting the NFL over here, and it was a good game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And joining us once again, Stuart. Stuart, how are you doing, mate? Hello, hello, guys. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I hope you've enjoyed, enjoyed London, other than obviously the, the tailgating. But from what I've seen, I was going to say it looked like obviously a decent decent game, so at least you will be that to make up for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, going into it, you're looking at those two teams, not particularly expecting much. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty good in the end. Um so we'll start off with the Giants at the Seahawks. Um, first game is a preview, first game is a review. It's um I mean, to be honest, it was it it wasn't the closest game of the week, but uh it was the the only game between two winning teams, so it's still which is still the case. Um but unfortunately the second loss of the season for the Giants. Um Ash, what did you make of this one? Well, I thought that um, I've been, um, I have watched Seattle a few times. Obviously, they played the Chargers last week. They killed us, to be fair. Um, and Seattle aren't a bad team. We've always been talking up this draft class um, and how well it's been. Um, but obviously, at the moment, I'd say you've actually really got us sort of hold your hands up and say how well Geno Smith's been playing. I mean, 23 of 34 with um, two TDs. He could have had three, lock it, that bad, big locket drop. Um, that everyone saw, um, they they just look a very very well organized team, well rounded, got good players on offense, some re- really young but good good um, rookies as well. So I think that it's not it's not like being a Giants fan, obviously, Ollie, and I know you're going to be like, oh, we lost this one. Maybe it was a game that we should have won, etc. Because we've gone in and as maybe you would have gone in as favorites for the game, but Seattle have been excellent to be honest. Um, Especially, obviously, they beat Denver and they beat they beat Arizona, they beat us. So that they've they put a few wins together. So you can't be a bit downhearted. I think it was just one of them games. You're going to have them sort of games in the year. Daniel Jones wasn't his particular self uh, that we've been used to the last few three or four weeks. But Seattle looked very well drilled. Obviously, running with Kenneth Walker as well. But yeah, I would say that this is this is a very good Seattle team. But we will see how how good they really are. And they play Tampa next week. Yeah, absolutely. The Seahawks are definitely having a good season. Um, I, I mean, it's one of those uh, difficult ones because you just think if Richie James hadn't played this game, maybe it's a yeah. maybe it's a close one. Um, I've never seen a player with so much experience look so much like a deer in the headlights. As soon as he had the ball, he genuinely looked like the nerdy kid that they just stick in for one game just to let him have a go. And then he just <laughs> sees all the big kids running at him 
and he has no clue what to do. It was genuinely baffling to watch that on an NFL field. Um, and obviously, you know, just the two fumbles uh, that pretty much killed us on this one. Obviously, you know, the Seahawks had a good game. I don't want to take every, anything away from them. But there are definitely, uh, you know, a few other moments as well where the Giants didn't really help themselves. Yeah. Um, Stuart, you must have had a close eye on the Seahawks this season. Is this what you expected from them? Definitely, definitely not. It's just like I was doing like a kind of basically a predictor before the season started and had them as only maybe kind of two, three, four wins max. But no, they've been so surprising, they've been so impressive this year. And is it too early for Gino for MVP talk? <laughs> are, are, are we are we there yet? <laughs> I mean, he's playing like it. That's the thing. If you took the name off the back of the jersey, you'd say, well, maybe that's a. Uh... And that's like, you know, if you hadn't paid much attention to the offseason, you go, oh, maybe that's Russell Wilson out there. That's, uh, <laughs> and then and then clearly Drew Locke's still playing for the Broncos. That That's like what you'd think going into this season. Uh, but, as we say, the Seahawks have, have looked really, really good and they are not dangerous for anyone. But my main kind of takeaway from that game is how badly the Giants need help at wide receiver. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them make a move before, before the deadline tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they they need a wide receiver. Obviously, Jerry Judy is one of the rumors. Um, Brandon Cooks, and I, I don't know. And also Chase Claypool is the other one. Those are the sort of three main ones who've been floated about. I'll be honest. I don't necessarily love any of them. Um, I guess I would quite like Jerry Judy. I think. He's he, he's probably the best of the bunch there, and also Brandon Cooks. We'd be taking a load of um, money in cap hit. I'd I just and this is the thing is like I'm still not expecting a lot from this team. Um, as I, I would also love Odell when he's fit. If he wanted to come back, I would absolutely take him back in a heartbeat. Um, but I, I, out of those three options, I'm not necessarily thinking any of those are improving us that much. I mean, Jerry Judy would definitely be the best receiver on the team. But, it, like, this the thing is, I because I came into the season with such low expectations, I, there's a part of me that's sort of hesitant to be like, hang on, we're <laughs> trading for a win-now player. That, that just doesn't make sense. Um, but, yeah, it's a very strange situation to be in. But a nice one. And, you know, if... That if they do end up trading for Judy, I I would absolutely take it. And you know, who knows? Maybe he's maybe he lights it up for us. Um, but to be honest, anyone better than Richie James right now? I, I imagine he's not being allowed back into New York. But um, yeah, it's a tough loss, but good season. You know, we'll move on to next week and hopefully much better. Yeah, you um, just got there. There's games like that. You just got to just. Scratch them off and say it was a bad week. Move on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that's the thing is, if it wasn't for those two fumbles, who knows what happens? Yeah. Um, on to the Ravens at the Bucks next. Um, it's a pretty close one here. Um, I, I mean, it's one of those. Maybe the score was a bit closer than it actually should have been. Uh, Stuart, what did you make of this one? Yeah, as, as you said, I was going to say the score was a lot closer than it was. The Ravens kind of dominated it from start to finish. I think the approach they took was a bit a bit different from what I predicted because they came out and passed a lot in that first half. I think they had like seven rushing attempts in the first half, which is just so anti-Ravens. But then totally switched in the second half, shortened that 
kind of clock really put some pressure on the Bucks. In say, I loved that Isaiah Likely stepped up for Andrews with his injury. He was a big, big guy in the preseason for them. He looked really, really good in this game. And just Wales Tampa's defence went like every, at least a lot of criticism I'm seeing is obviously far for Brady and how bad the offence has been. But when that's the case, you need your defence to step up and, and to bail you out. But they've just not been there at all this season. And it's it's, it's really shown putting a lot of pressure on an offence that's just not working. But I think I thoroughly deserve the win for the Ravens. The only kind of thing you're looking for for the boxes is that they're in a, in a bad division, which will probably keep them around and at least in the race until until the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Um, the Bucks had the number one run defense for the first seven weeks. Then they came across the Panthers of all teams <laughs> with Deontay Foreman and Tuba Hubbard and got torn apart. And they and I guess maybe that seems to have you know unlocked something for the rest of the teams because the Ravens again, two hundred and thirty-one yards on the ground. Obviously, you expect that from the Ravens, but yeah, you know, from for a team that was so good against the run for the first few weeks like it just seems to have totally fallen apart and obviously the offense I mean they've got all the receivers back but clearly there's some still some gelling that needs to go on there um and they're sort of not able to keep that pace against a team like the Ravens who you know to be fair when you've got Lamar Jackson at quarterback it's very difficult to keep up in, in any sense with him um it's just it's just strange though, because it's not as if it's a, a group of rookies that are, it's players that are experienced in the league for a long time, been together for two and a half years at this point. It's just, it's honestly unexplainable. It's, it's so just unusual from a Brady team. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you expect, you know, and that's the thing, like you expect that leadership to be able to pull the team together. And but but I guess maybe there's just a few two mercenaries on board at this point. Uh, you know, Julio Jones's, Cole Beasley's. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's maybe maybe that's it. And it's the young guys feel like they're not actually part of a team. They're just sort of along for the ride of the Brady Show. But um, who knows? Um, on to the Packers at the Bills here. Um, so Monday night football. Um, sorry, Sunday night football. Uh, Monday Night Football hasn't quite happened yet. Um, what did you make of this one, Ash? Is a relatively comfortable win for the Bills? Yeah, I mean, what we're, we're saying, we've been saying for a while now with Buffalo is they look like the best team in, in the whole of the NFL. Um, obviously, Eagles are giving them a run for their money at the moment, but as a complete unit, the Buffalo Bills look like they've got everything to go on and win this whole thing. So they made light work, really, of Green Bay. Obviously, Green Bay had their opportunities in some respects. Dobbs looks like he's a good player and they ran Jones again, which was nice to see. But they just look like they do everything in second and third gear, Buffalo, at the moment. Um, and it's just pretty easy for them, really. I mean, Allen didn't have like an amazing game, obviously 13 with two TDs and two INTs, but they still managed to get it done. Um, him and Diggs linking up Diggs for one, 108 and a touchdown so they just look like a really really good team Buffalo and they're the team to beat in the AFC Yeah absolutely I I, st- I still put them over the Eagles I just think if there's you know in, in a game between the two of them I much prefer having that electric offence of the 
Bills. And I know the Eagles' offense is very good. Um, but yeah, I, I just think at the end of the game, I'm backing Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts every time. That's yeah. just how it is at, at this point in their careers. Um, on to the Patriots at the Jets next. Um, none of our standard Patriots fans here to gloat this week. Um, but Stuart, um, did you see? I mean, I, I, quite a few Patriots fans disappointed to see Mac Jones start this game, but he managed to get them a win, didn't he? Just, just. <laughs> I think he really, really struggled. He's he's regressed so much from the record that we've seen last year, and I think a lot of that goes with McDaniel's going over to to the Raiders. But he just looks kind of lost in this new offense that they're trying to try to implement. He had a horrible throw that was picked off for that pick six, only saved by the fact that there was a rough in the passer call. If that mental mistake doesn't happen, then with the way the Jets' defence was playing, I reckon they'd have probably went on and, and won that. But the Patriots, as much as they won, did not look good. The Jets really, really missed Brees Hall, and you could see that. Um, and I, I just don't know where you go with Zach Wilson at this point as well. I know people like Mahomes and Allen have kind of warped a perception of where a quarterback should be in our second year, but he just he doesn't look any better than when he first came into the league last year. Um, and it just puts the Jets in a difficult spot where you're having to rely on him to make plays, and he's, I just don't think he's got it, to be fair. So I think they're going to be relying on their defence for the rest of the season and just hoping Wilson doesn't make mistakes, but I, I, I don't see it. It was an unimpressive game for, for both quarterbacks, but that's now Billy B, second most wins as a head coach all time. That's, that's all you can really say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's interesting with Zach Wilson because you think confidence plays so much of a factor for a lot of these guys. You know, going coming into this game, you're five and two. The rest of the team is playing really well, and you think and you think you know for him as a quarterback that would do a lot to give him that boost that he needs and really take that next step. But he just hasn't been able to do it all season, has he? He's trying to slide into Giselle's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly got a wandering eye, unfortunately, for the Jets fans. <laughs> and unfortunately for Tom Brady as well. He's uh just uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's very hard to feel sad for a guy like that, but at the same time, uh, I, I guess, you know, there's a little bit there. There's um Ringo who scored seventeen points still rings in my head every time I see his face. Um on to Cardinals at the Vikings next. Um Stuart, obviously our resident Cardinals fan. Um, how do you feel about this game coming into it? And was it what you expected? Um, granted, I was actually quite quite confident. I was going to say normally, especially over the start of the season, that's not been the case for pretty much pretty much every game. But having having Hopkins back is just it's such a game changer for this offense. He's just he demands so much so much respect and so much coverage. It just makes it a lot easier to run the rest of the offense. Like his touchdown grab that he had was just unreal. Like it was good coverage from the defender, but he's just too big, too good. It was just an excellent, excellent grab. Um, but I say the the Vikings have just done what they've done without have won without being majorly impressive. They beat up on quite a injured O line that we've got. I think four of the five starting 
linemen for the Cardinals is going to say were out, and and the Vikings just took advantage of that matchup. As we say they had Kyle under pressure pretty much the the full game, and that's essentially how the game finished was back to back plays where they've just disrupted disrupted Kyla ended up finishing on a on a sack. But going forward, as we say, I feel a lot better after the last two games. Obviously then didn't beat the Vikings, but they win over over the Saints and we're looking better than we have done. And we the Rams not quite there yet. We see obviously the Seahawks team full of rookies, see how they go on until later in the season the pressure's on. We're definitely not out of the the NFC West race yet, but as for the Vikings, you say just need to keep doing what they're doing. They've got that lead in, in the north now. Just need to maintain that, and they'll be they'll be in the dance come January. And when you've got a player like Justin Jefferson, who's my favorite receiver in the league, I think he's the best receiver in the league. He can he can win any matchup on any given day. But um, disappointed, but we're definitely definitely positive as far as. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Vikings are definitely a decent team at this point. I think you've got to take that into perspective. I mean, it certainly wasn't embarrassing loss, was it? No, no, I said Vikings have just kind of done what they've done the whole season. They've kind of turned out wins without being overly impressive, but they, they are looking good. So I'm not kind of disheartened or anything, but yeah, I was going to say Vikings look good. I going to say we've looked better now that Nook is back and obviously more can we get Robbie Anderson involved once Hollywood Brown's back. So you say it's there's definitely positives going into the kind of second part of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, you're only, what, two games off the NFC West lead? I I don't understand your bottom of the division. But, you know, it's it's not exactly a pick of the bunch at the moment, is it? There's definitely a chance there. It's, yeah, it's the same across the whole NFC. You can see can lose a couple of games and still be in it. It's just it's quite a, a poor conference in contrast to, to the AFC. So a couple of wins and you're right back in it. So you see, it definitely should still be playing mean, meaningful football come December. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on to the Niners at the Rams. Um, Ash, did you manage to catch what's this one? Is uh, another another win for the Niners over the Rams. Um, I mean, it does very much feel like rock versus scissors whenever these three play each other. Yeah, I mean, the well, the first quarter really, or the first half, the Rams did something that they haven't been able to do all season, which was keep Stafford clean, and um, it showed. And obviously, the Rams were up. Um, 14, 10 at the half, and they looked semi in control, LA. And then second half, they just did not turn up. And it was a Christian McCaffrey show second half. Um, I don't know if anyone watched it. He got, uh, I think he scored more fantasy points as a QB than Derek Carr. He scored more rushing points uh, than Jonathan Taylor, and he scored more wide receiver points than Justin Jefferson so it was truly the Christian Catherine show in the second half I think like they're obviously use of Debo normally would be there but when you've got someone as special as McCaffrey that can just literally do everything it it really did show and I, and I love the fact that these some of these teams have gone out and they've gone we can do this we can win this um, obviously they thought they had, would have Lance this year, which obviously hasn't materialised and he got injured with now Garoppolo. But them just to go out and say, right, we're going for it. We're going to go and get McCaffrey. I think it, is, it was a great bit of business for both teams, Panthers and for, um, San Francisco, because that West is there for the taking. And to get someone like McCaffrey, I think that might be the difference between the team that wins it and the team that finishes last. So, yeah, a great win for San Francisco. 
even though they've had some ups and downs. I think if they can find their groove, I think that they're more than capable of causing an upset in that NFC. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting with the Niners because they've always had a very good run game, but they've never necessarily had that superstar running back. And now they've got him. And you can tell Carl Shannon is just absolutely loving using him. Yeah, It's one of those things that almost a clear indicator that you'd rather have Trey Lance is that he's got Christian McCaffrey throwing passes now. He really doesn't want Garoppolo back there, clearly. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I believe it was the Daniel Tomlinson they mentioned on the broadcast was the last player to have a rushing, receiving, and passing yeah, touchdown in one game. Correct. I mean, not a bad company to be in whatsoever. That's uh, especially especially for fantasy players. That's um, nice to see him back where he used to be before all those injuries. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's gonna. I think it's gonna spur him on as well. Obviously, they, I know they got. The um, I think they got a bye this week coming up actually, but after that I can see them absolutely coming out of the races. Um, especially if they get Debo back as well, and they'll be a hard team to stop. Yeah, absolutely. It's in that system. I I feel like this is primed for him to be the best run of his career, and I really hope he can just stay fit. Touch wood, and yeah. uh, really just set all the records. I'd love it. Love to see it. Um, Commanders at the Colts next is. Unfortunately, the Carson Wentz bowl that we were denied, um, but it was a very close game. And you know, like, I mean, it might have not been the ball flying everywhere, Ash. But uh, you know, as long as you've got a bit of tension, there's uh, always something there, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a massive. I think Taylor Heineke's not a bad player. Like, not saying he's he's probably not a starter as a 32, but he'd probably be one of the best backups in the league if he wasn't a starter. Um, But obviously Indy at the moment, they cannot rush the ball, which obviously they were renowned for doing that last year with Taylor at the bat. And it's just not materialised very well for them. Whereas Washington, they've managed to, everyone was a bit down on Gibson and he's come out the blocks recently with the last two games and put on some outstanding performances. But yeah, it was it was one of them games. It wasn't pretty to watch, um, and I, I don't really expect these two teams to be anywhere close to these playoff positions. Um, but someone's got to win these games, and obviously it was a close game in the end. And with that Taylor Heineke um, drive at the end with uh, Big Terry as well, um, what a player that Terry McLaurin is. I mean, if someone's after a wide receiver, I would be going after someone like him more so than the names like Cooks and Claypools and stuff like that because. Washington, they've got obviously Curtis Samuel and Dotson, but if they're not really in the mix for that East, because obviously the Giants are doing well, Cowboys are doing well, Eagles are flying, they're not really going to make the playoffs. So it might be a time for Washington to say, Do you know what, let's clear the books. Maybe we can maybe we can move McLaurin. And if I was someone wanting a wide receiver, McLaurin would be number one on my list. Yeah, it is a shame that uh, McLaurin just so happens to also be in the AFC East and... Uh... I mean, I'd also imagine you're giving up at least a first-round pick for him. Uh, it might be a little bit too rich for Giants' blood at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's a, he's definitely a great player. I mean, shame that we hadn't seen much of that so far this season. But you know, Taylor Heineke, he's getting it out of him. And and this is the thing: is Taylor Heineke, he's not bad to watch. He's uh, you know, he's shown yeah. previously. He, he's he's a fighter in the very least. Yeah, he moves around in the pocket. He scrambles around like he is fun to watch. Heineke and like I said, I don't think he's a, that like a bad QB. I think that he's more than serviceable in the NFL. And as a backup, you, 
I don't think there's many better, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Broncos and Jags next. Obviously, me and myself and Ash both went. Um, but Stuart, what did, what did you see from home for this one? Yeah, to be to honest, it, there was parts of it that were really, really good. I thought Lawrence initially came out the first couple of drives, looked really poised, looked really sharp. I thought this was going to be kind of one of his better games because I still don't think he's announced himself yet. Is that kind of player that we're all all expecting? But then second, it was the second half. It just kind of fell off, fell off a cliff. Um, Russell Wilson looked better, still. Not great because the bar was very very low, but it was certainly probably his best game as a as a Bronco. Um, but I just feel bad for, for Travis Etienne from obviously watching it at home. He just took over that game and did not deserve to be on on the losing team. Um, and all I thought when I was watching it is firstly that justifies the James Robson trade. But Urban Meyer must be gutted that he didn't have Etienne last year because they actually squeaked out one or two more wins. We and Etienne Robinson backfield, and I, I don't know that he'd still be in a job, but there's certainly a possibility if he had, had both of them. But yeah, I was going to say it was competitive, it was interesting, drama right up until the end. Um, but I'm, I'm still leave it unconvinced by by Lawrence. I just don't think he's shown what we all thought he would be yet. Um, but there's still plenty of time, as I kind of said earlier. I think Mahomes and, and Allen and kind of Herbert have all kind of distorted what we should expect from a guy that's only halfway through his second year but no it was a, it was a good game yeah absolutely just being there you know it's nice to see Russell Wilson find a little bit of form even if you know on the first I think it was his literally his first throw for a pick um but yeah I and the also also the tough part about this game was having to watch Evan Ingram play well as uh, <laughs> never nice as a Giants fan but uh yeah but you know the, the Jags put up a decent fight, and it was a good game to watch. And uh, yeah, it was really nice to go to a game live. Um, obviously, the only one you could get tickets for really this year. This, uh, but it being the two teams that going into the game, the form they were in. But you know, it's uh, always good to go, and that's like a lot of NFL games. You could, you, it'd be rare to be disappointed unless you're, you know, really getting the dregs of the league at this point. Um, on to the Raiders at the Saints next. Ash, um, I mean, is Andy Dalton continuing to start here? I bet he's got. A bit, I mean, you can't see them dropping him anytime soon, right? Well, no. The the talk is Winston's still not really quite ready yet, as well. Um, with the injury that he's got to his back. Make sure you uh, put that in inverted commas, though. That's, uh... Yeah. Um, but it was. Finally, nice to see Alvin Kamara turn up because obviously we've been waiting a long time for these touchdowns to come. It's not happened so far in 2022. Um, and all of a sudden we we get three, it's like buses. So it is it was a definitely the Alvin Kamara show uh, this week. I I love the fact obviously they they're missing Landry and they're missing Thomas, but I love the fact that Alave's getting the praise that he deserves. He was my number one wide receiver coming out. I absolutely love the guy. I thought as a route runner, I think he's right up there. Reminds me a lot of like an Amari Cooper and Keenan Allen in the way it just runs routes. It really comes easy to him. And the Raiders just, wow. Like it's very hard to score zero points in this league. And they managed to do it and they didn't look, they just looked horrendous. Um, 
So I don't know what the answer is because they've been running Josh Jacobs and it, I think it just got so far away they couldn't use that run game. And then they had to fall back on, obviously, a car and it was just it was just not a very good game to watch if, if you're a Raiders fan. So, yeah, New Orleans, they, they're one of them teams that they always put themselves in the mix. Um, even if they're not playing well, they're always in the mix. Um, so we shall see come like say week 13, week 14 as such. But yeah, it was, it was um, definitely nice to see Alvin Kamara back really as, as the player we remember. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, he's a truly incredible player. Um, I've no idea when that suspension is coming. I, I assume it <laughs> will come at some point, presumably when he hits his best form, you know, next week, which Goodell was going to say, okay, that's enough. He can have it now. Um, but yeah, I, it, that's, it, it that truly seems like the only thing able to stop him when he get really gets going, and he's just an incredible player all round. It's um when when you see a player who's that light on his feet and just but also just able to run through guys, it's uh, truly incredible talent. That, you know, maybe five guys in the league have max. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, truly special to watch. All right, on to the Steers at the Eagles. The only undefeated team stays undefeated. Um. Stuart, are the Eagles the best team in the league for you? I know we spoke about the Bills earlier. I still think they are the best team, but it's a case of 1A and 1B, I think. I think the Eagles are just so well-rounded and so deep at just about every position, especially after that trade for, for Sir Robert Quinn's. We see their D-lines so good. They've just got after the Steelers, defense, or Steelers offense in this game. AJ Brown's an absolute monster. If it's not him, it's Devonta Smith. They've got a good running game of Miles Sanders as well. I really love uh, Gainwell. I say I think that he should be involved more, even just as a receiving back. And I think Hurts is really, really developed as a passer. So I think they're just so well rounded, and they're they're just about there. But I think the Bills still still edge them. Um, but at this point, I really feel for for Kenny Pickett. I think. The first couple of games, he was put in a horrible situation. He threw a few picks that I don't really put on him. I think it was maybe four or five picks in the first two games. I think maybe only one of them I'd have put on him. But I seen a crazy stat earlier that was he's got the most pass attempts per game for a rookie since Andrew Luck's rookie season. So he's been asked to carry what's a, a pretty awful Steelers offense at the moment. And it's just it's it's shown and how bad they are. Um, that there's no running game. I think Harris has been the the biggest fantasy bust this this year, and they've just got no no pass rush without what just putting a lot of pressure on, on the DBs. It, so um, yeah, as I say, Steelers not in a good way. I would expect them to be sellers at the the trade deadline, and the Eagles just need to keep doing what they're doing. Looking at their schedule, they can easily be. 10, 11 and 0 and have that have that first round by. Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean apparently AJ Brown had a random drug test after this game. Um <laughs> That's I, not I think, random. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could definitely see why. There's uh there's supposed to be, you know, when you least expected it, but I think AJ Brown could have, you know, left a message for them and just gone out uh knowing they were coming around, surely. 
Um, so that was like um, a couple of years ago. There was a quote of DK Metcalf. He went sleeveless in warm-ups one game. And obviously, DK Metcalf is absolutely yoked. <laughs> and the, the next day, a quote-unquote random drugs test for him. It's, it's definitely not random. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, they've definitely got a list of players they keep an eye on. Um, on to the Dolphins at the Lions next. Um, I, I, quite an unexpected start on this one. The Lions got off to a really good start and then it over the game it sort of reverted back to what we would have more expected but the Lions were definitely in this throughout the game weren't they Ash? They were in it yeah especially obviously at half time they were definitely in it and then Detroit they that Detroit haven't been great second half at the moment especially fourth quarters they seem to they seem to kill themselves off quite a bit um Jamal Williams obviously with the two touchdowns it was nice to see Armand and Brown back with the seven targets, but Miami have just got the two best pairing as a wide receiver in the league, and they absolutely showed it in this. The we already know <laughs> that they've um, Detroit have already um, sacked their DB coach. I, I would have thought that's a bit harsh after this game, considering these are the two best wide receivers in the league as a pairing. Um, but with Hill with twelve for one eighty eight. He's on to break Megatron's record at the moment and obviously Waddle with the 106 and 2 TD. So, yeah, it, they they are just... When they get it right, Miami, they they are really good and they could pretty much... I mean, they beat Buffalo, so they could beat anybody. But obviously, with they haven't had tour and they, they've had a few games where it's been a bit, bit ugly for them, especially defensively. But when they're on song, they are a very good team to watch and they are one of the ones that you would want to try and avoid if you're like the Bills or the Chiefs, etc., in them playoff spots. So, yeah, I can definitely see them making the playoffs and I can definitely see um, Detroit being in that top five pick for the NFL draft. Yeah, it's not very nice to see two are back and really back to where he was before the concussions. And, you know, just nice to see that it hasn't affected him too much. And I, I, I really do want to see him do well. Um, and hopefully he can just carry on with this and hopefully, there's, you know, touch wood, there's no more injury problems for him because it's yeah. great to watch. Um, Bears at the Cowboys next. Um, 49-29, almost 50 points from the Cowboys here. Uh, clearly not great signs for the you know Bears defense here, Stuart. Um, and they've just traded away Roquan Smith, so not getting any better really for them, is it? No, absolutely not. But I think after the the Quinn trade, after obviously beating the Patriots, I think we all knew it was going to be a bit of a fire sale of their assets. But that's them now sitting with I think about 110, 150 million in cap space for next next year. They've got nine picks in the draft, and I think. Three or four of them are in the first three three rounds, um. So it's 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 a full on it's a full on rebuild. I think we can all all see that they're pretty much pretty much looking to, to tank at this point, um. But this was the game that I wanted to see from from the Cowboys. I'm not a massive fan of the Cowboys. I'll I'll be kind of upfront about that. I, I don't really like them, um. But you see, this was the game I wanted to see. Obviously, their defense is kind of carried on for the most part this season, and. See, this was what I wanted from the from the offense, just an explosion, putting up points. Uh, Tony Pollard's got to be the the RB one for them. I know Jerry Jones just came out and said that as soon as Zeke's back, it's going to be going to be normal. But if that's the case, and you're Tony Pollard, you've got to be looking for that trade because you're you're on it RB one any 
any other team in the league. Um, but still think it shows that even with the offence playing well when defence was needed, they showed up with a great play from, from Micah Parsons. It was just hustle and he's he's just a, an absolute animal as well and surely got to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. I think he's just generational. I really, really like him as a player. But yeah, Bears are in full-on tank mode. Cowboys probably just below the Bills and, and the Eagles at this point. I think they're looking really, really good, unfortunately. I hate to hear you say that. Um, but, you know, this is the thing with the Bears. It's just uh, they haven't looked good at all. And it's sort of finally this this problem they had they had that sort of I guess good start relatively speaking at the start of the season, um and now it is crumbling apart. And I I do feel kind of sorry for them, but it's just uh it's going to be a tough couple of years, and it this is the problem with cycling through the head coaches is until you find the guy head coach you can't really tell you found the quarterback and yeah I really really feel for kind of Justin Fields as you said I can't really evaluate him but he was put in such a horrible situation where he's been brought in under Matt Nagy who is a a blamed up head coach everyone kind of knew that he was on the hot seat going to be fired so to give him that in his rookie season and then bring in a defensive head coach give him no weapons it's it's really really hard to evaluate, and then suddenly you're going into your third year, and you don't know if he's he's the guy or not. But I will say over the last couple of weeks, he has looked a lot better. He's looked a lot more decisive, and especially in the Patriots game with all the design runs, he's looking a lot better. As if they are actually trying to use his skill set, but I, I really feel for him. Not so much the Bears if they want to thank that's that's down to them. But I feel I feel bad for Fields. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I definitely don't feel sorry for the Cowboys. Um, unfortunately, they're looking quite good level with the Giants now, so uh, that's fun. Um, and obviously they beat us with Cooper Rush early in the season, so yeah. I'm not looking forward to that race and run into the end of the season. Um, on to the Panthers at the Falcons next. Quite a surprising game, I'd say. And you know, it's um. 37-34, it's not exactly the scoreline I think many of us were expecting, Ash. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a pretty dynamic performance this out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a case of both quarterbacks played well, both defences played badly. Like, we are not don't really expect this from... Well, I would have said Carolina's defence and Atlanta's defence have surprised in some respects this year with... Not not outstanding performances, maybe outstanding from Carolina when they played the Bucks, but they've 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 held teams in some regard. And then obviously with this scoreline thirty four thirty seven kind of came out in the blue because Mariota's not really renowned for passing the ball that well, and Carolina have been really struggling. And obviously we've known the fact that obviously if anyone's drafted DJ Moore, they definitely know the fact that they've been struggling on offense through the air. So, but it was it was it was a really entertaining fourth quarter, and obviously. We obviously all saw the um, PJ Walker throw to DJ Moore with the 12 seconds left. What a catch that was. Um, and then because of he took his helmet off, then obviously they had to take the PAT further back. Absolute killer. And a lot of, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter still blaming DJ Moore, but I'm sorry if, if you're the Panthers kicker, you're still, you should still be making that and you should still definitely be making that 
um, other kick as well in overtime. So I'm not putting any any downer on DJ Moore. They wouldn't have been in that position if he didn't catch the ball in the first place. So Panthers should have won that game, really. Um, but obviously, Atlanta at the moment, they're just taking the chances. Um, nice to see Pitts involved a little bit more. Um, but I, I'm I'm struggling to re- see how Atlanta are 4-4, four and four, personally, because they're not really a team that I can look at and go, wow, what have they got? Good quarterback play, good running back play, good wide receiver play. We haven't really seen any of that. So to be four and four, it must have been relying on something. And I'd probably say at the moment it's luck. Yeah, there's definitely a good hearty spirit for the Falcons at the very least. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think, you know, any time a kicker misses two game-winning kicks in a game, that's pretty much him done. Uh, even if the Panthers don't cut him this week, uh, his confidence has got to be shattered, and you know, for a quick, for a kicker, that's pretty much all they've got, really. I, obviously, they're all very talented, but um, once once that confidence goes, you never get it back, really, from what we've seen in the past. Yeah. On to the Titans at the Texans for the final game of our wrap up. Um, I mean, it wasn't you know the it certainly wasn't the highlight of the week, but Derek Henry. And, you know, keeping up all the records, I think there were too many for them to mention um, on the broadcast. But, yeah, he's fully into his swing. Malik Willis got the start this week. Um, I mean, he didn't show much in terms of <laughs> keeping the job, really, did he, though, Stuart? No, absolutely not. I think it's a bit of a, an indictment when the Titans still win the game without playing a quarterback. Um, I think he had kind of 10 pass attempts throughout the whole game. I think I can only recall one of them that was, was actually any good. His decision-making just looked a bit erratic. But at, at the end of the day, it was a Derek Henry game. Every game between these two teams seems to be a Derek Henry game. As you said, kind of the records that he's he's got now, even just against them, so was, what, his fourth game in a row against them at over 200 yards and two touchdowns. But at a certain point, what do you do with that? <laughs> how, how are you meant to defend that? But yeah, I think it'll be a case of Tannehill coming straight back in. And, and the Texans just look like they are, again, another top two, top three pick this year. Potentially another one and done for a head coach. It's just such a bad situation down, down in Houston. But Titans, just doing what the Titans do, just rack up wins in a third division and they'll be they'll be in the playoffs come, come January. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You'd be very surprised for them not to be. They're one of the few teams in the earth. Well, I, so you say that. I say, sorry, the AFC is, I mean, quite competitive. Um, but the AFC South, on your hand, um, not so much. The Texans, <laughs> Jags and Colts, really, not showing much. Um, Ellinger didn't, wasn't particularly inspiring in his first start either. Um yeah, so him, him and Malik Willis certainly not setting the league alight or anything in there for debuts for their respective teams in that division. Um, but yeah, the Titans just look as the more complete team of the bunch at the moment. Um, the Colts, I would have put them down as probably that team at the start of the season. And, you know, all this stuff about Matt Ryan being the new pace of Manning in terms of leadership and all this stuff. And and then and then they're dropping him um halfway through the season. It's quite mental. Um so either someone's lying or um I don't know, 
clearly there's something wrong with him. But uh, yeah, I think uh, see, I think Reich's definitely going to be going soon because everything you're reading this that decision came from the owner on Jim Mercy. So if he's also telling Reich who's to be playing at quarterback, he's also not happy with Reich because of the Wentz deal. How this year's going, right? I think Reich's under a lot of pressure and could be gone after that that last game of the the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's pretty shambolic for the Colts at the moment. Uh, they should be a really good team, but just for whatever reason, they seem to be plagued by numerous curses. Who knows what's going on? Um, Bengals at the Browns, Monday Night Football. It's going on tonight. Obviously, at time of recording, game has not happened yet. Um, so, in, in preparation for us all to look stupid tomorrow, Ash, uh, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I, th- I think that if Cincinnati obviously turn up, play what they have been doing recently, um, they should win. Um, obviously, it's not it's not as, as easy as that, obviously, predicting-wise. Um, but obviously, they're going to miss Chase a lot. They said that he might be going to IR, but it looks now that he's not. Maybe it's only a three-week miss. Um, personally, I think they're going to they still miss him, but they've got the wide receivers there and they've got the weapons there still to be able to cope. So you've still got Mixon, Hurst and Higgins and Boyd. So they should still be able to put some points up for Burrow. Um, was hope It depends on the kind of maybe Cleveland's ground game. Uh, are they going to... If if the rumours are true that Hunt might be a trade target for a team, will he be inactive for the game? And maybe that will bring up some sort of warning signs that he might get traded before the deadline. Um, and it will be the Nick Chubb show. But it will be, it should be a good game to watch. I would assume that the Bengals, if they continue on their path, they should win that. And then it will be really, really interesting for that AFC, um, in the AFC, because I think they, at the moment you're looking at sort of the Bills, the Chiefs um, and the Ravens for the sort of the lock of the top three. And then you've got Titans probably that fourth seed because obviously they're they're, they're going to win their division. And then it's going to be a battle, I think, probably between Miami, Cincinnati and then whoever else is going to be in that seventh spot. I'm hoping it will be the Chargers, but I think Cincinnati are good enough to be able to put a few wins together, especially when Chase is back. Um and they should be able to see out that second place in in um after the under the Ravens, um in their division. So it's going to be a really really good um end second after the season. Um and this game hopefully will be um a good billing to watch for Monday Night Football. Yeah, hopefully um the Bengals can can absolutely push the Browns further into the mud here. Um, yeah. there is we it should. Hopefully, be able to watch a bit of the game. Um, like being this the one week where the clocks go back and we get a slightly earlier kickoff of midnight. Lucky us. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting game. I I do think you know Jamal Chase being out, the Bengals are still going to be good enough to see off the Browns here. I, what about you, Stuart? Do you still fancy the Bengals? Yeah, I was just looking at my, my notes that I'd written kind of on Thursday last week for, for this game before the Jamal Chase news. Um, and I had the Bengals to win. I still think they've just got enough to, to get by the Browns, who for some reason been getting away from feeding the ball to Nick Chubb over the last couple of weeks. He's only been kind of getting kind of 10 to 12 guys. But when you've got him, just to let him go, just 
like the Titans do with Henry, just feeding the ball and chew up that clock, especially when they've not got a great passing game with Brissett. Shorten the clock, force the Bengals to try and be try and be explosive, get pressure on, on Burrow. And I think that's the only real way they'd be able to, to get the win. Um, I still still fancy the Bengals to, to get it done here. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, all fingers crossed that um they do and the Browns are um completely out of the playoff race before Voldemort comes back. <laughs> um uh, that is the name of a Harry Potter film, right? Voldemort Returns or something like that. Um, <laughs> Surely won the fight points. And they'll get his own spin-off, I reckon. He must do at some <laughs> point. Um, all right, so that's it from us this week. Um, thank you all for listening. Any parting words for Stuart? Not really, to be fair. If you want any more ramblings from myself on NFL, WWE, football... You know where to find me at, right on the chalk. Absolutely. And Ash, where we can find you, where can we find you? Um, I'm at Tilson nine ninety nines uh, on Twitter. So obviously, just get in touch with me if you've got any fa- fantasy questions or just general football questions, charges questions. Um, and uh, I also do a podcast on Thursdays with Lee. Used to do stuff with First and Ten as well. So we catch us there. We're Powder Blue Report for that stuff as well. So yeah. Um, Love, I love these Monday uh, ones, guys. So we'll keep we'll keep um, giving them to you. Absolutely. And for myself, uh, you can find me at Regen Ollie on Twitter. Um, and look, that's just all you know. Fingers crossed. Richie James never plays a game of football ever again, and uh, <laughs> we can all live happy lives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a bit. <laughs>